Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about a bigger splash? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Have a caffeine pill because I felt like I was gonna be like because I like woke up because my body wakes up naturally early. I know we're not supposed to be talking, but it's really hard not to. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> my body like wakes up naturally at like nine forty five, and even though I could have slept till eleven, my body like woke up at nine forty five. I slept on the couch all night because I don't know. I just sometimes do that, you know. And of Why course, on the couch and it's really comfy. And I was just like. At like six in the morning, I woke up and I was like, I could grab all my stuff and go to bed or I could just go to the bathroom and go right back to the couch. So I just did that instead. Yeah. yeah. That's funny because I watched the movie last night and I went to Target after work and then I wanted to watch SmackDown because it's WrestleMania weekend. Oh, damn, beautiful night then. And you and, did your taxes. Oh, I did, I did my taxes during SmackDown, so I was like barely paying attention oh. because I keep forgetting about my taxes, and then I realized they're due like April 15th, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So I did them, and this is rare. Like usually I try to get them done in like February or early March, but I keep forgetting about them, and so I did them, and then I watched the movie, but I drank coffee while I was doing my taxes because I thought, I know I'll fall asleep during the movie if I don't do something. So right. I kept having to pause the movie and like do stuff because I had too much energy. <laughs> so I was like <laughs> pausing the movie and I had some laundry that I like, there's some laundry that I don't dry in the dryer. So I just hang it up. So I had some laundry that was still hanging. So I put that away and then I organized some of the dishes in the sink and I did some dishes and then I did, you know, and I was just like <laughs> bopping around and then, uh, and then I fell asleep on the couch as well, but woke up at like just before 2 a.m. and went to bed, bed, but right, right. that was my evening. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both had couch naps. Yes. Lot, mine was a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Yours was a couch sleep. Yeah. <laughs> mine was a couch. Yeah. Ugh. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's like you get comfy and then you're kind of like, I could move. Yeah. I could just not. And then yeah and then that's it <laughs> and then that's all you do is you just stay there you know it's it's really like it's a really a profound sense of laziness honestly and not everyone can achieve that so yeah <laughs> you should be proud that you can achieve it I know right Did you just send me a text message I sent you a text like five minutes ago I just got it did you send it yet I haven't gotten anything yeah Lauren we're recording <laughs> Are we? I, I hadn't noticed. I was a little confused about that. <laughs> anyway, so we have kind of a fun mini topic today. We do. So we finally, I, I, this is the story. <laughs> so I, I, after we watched the 2020 Rebecca, I was like, I had read a review and I'm like, I have to see the original. Like I, I was determined. I was a woman I was a woman, like, uh, like an unstoppable force, you know? So I called like five different places and I'm like, do you have this movie by any small chance? Do you maybe have this movie? I called the library. I called like, you know, disc traders. I called a bunch of other places and 
and everyone places is like, oh no, we don't have that. And I'm like, okay, I kind of expected that. So that's fine. And then Sam's like, well, what if you try eBay? And I was like, oh, I forgot that eBay is a thing. So I tried eBay, immediately found it and I bought it for like 15 bucks. And then I watched it and um, I lent it to Sam. And then as I was like, just fucking around online or whatever, it turns out that the entire movie is on YouTube. <laughs> And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? However, I did some thinking about it, and there's probably not subtitles. And that's the kind of movie where you kind of have to watch with subtitles because (laughs) the audio is, like, not super great because it's from the 40s. And they talk so fast that some of the stuff I was like, wait, 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 what did you just say? You know? I actually texted Mike a few minutes after the movie started and I said this movie was made in 1940 so everyone is fast talking with a mid-Atlantic accent like see here see it oh you're a good girl see everyone's fine here and it's just that's the movie and also annoyingly there's like this music bed of generic music that plays almost the whole time under everything and it's not good music it's like it's like when you're at a wedding and dinner is happening and so they just play like classical music, not even classic, like classical music is better than whatever the music in this movie was, but it's like everyone's talking over the music, but it's just a background noise, but the movie right. had it and it was, it got on my nerves, like that style, that like old timey style of, yeah, then, I mean, it's a yeah. product of the forties, right? So you know. yeah, but yeah, no, everyone was like a fast talker and yeah. And yeah, so we decided that we were going to just, we didn't want to do an entire episode on it, so we decided that we were just going to do a mini, not, not a mini, uh, a topic, <laughs> a topic about it. A mini just a topic. topic. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. It's a mini topic. What am I, I like totally forgot what it was called for a second there. <sighs> it's all that caffeine. It's not even that much caffeine. They're talking really fast, and I have a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> How yeah. do they talk? Oh, you see now, here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, here, yeah, little lady. Oh, you're a good girl. Now make my coffee. Two lunch to go now. Don't forget. <laughs> just, I'm sorry, sir. Could you repeat that again? That was just a little too fast for me. <laughs> <laughs> you really embarrassed me down there with Mr. What's his name? Mr. Divini, De, what, De Winter? Divini? Mr. What? <laughs> Mr. DeWinter? Mr. DeWinter? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so what did you think of the 1940 Rebecca? Um, as a comparison to the 2021, it, it was better. I think it was better. It's so stinking long, Lauren. It's, it is very long. I It's like Lord of the Rings. It felt like, I mean, no, it didn't feel like I was watching Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings doesn't feel long to me, but it felt like it was like three and a half hours. And I don't know how long it actually is, but I was just... It's like two like, hours and 10 minutes or it's, something. It's so long. And I... I think the story of Rebecca is interesting in a way, but I think both movies have this convoluted ending with like a trial that I start to lose interest. I don't care, you know? Yeah, I I would rather both movies ended like she realizes that he, that he is, was like part of um, Rebecca's death in some way. And then she has to come to terms with that. I would have rather just had that happen than have any trial because it's just yeah. 
too drawn out it's ridiculous oh yeah there was like this scene where they're like in a room and i was like okay you have to stay awake for this (laughs) because it was like it was like this whole like going back and forth between the lawyers thing and i was just like and then they had jack what's his name favel in there whatever Mm -hmm. who just likes to hear himself talk and so he's just like I'm just going to keep talking on and on. And he wants to screw everyone over. And I was just like, no one cares about what you have to say, Jack. Shut up, please. You know? Yeah. It was, it was long. But I think my personal opinion is that there, the 2020 version added a lot of things that were just stupid. Yeah. And the, the 1940 version was surprisingly more succinct, but also the character development was better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually wrote down that I thought that the pacing was really well done, mm-hmm. um, especially with their love story. It didn't feel like, like in the 2020 version, he like walks away. He keeps like walking away from her a bunch of times. Yeah. And like that didn't really happen in the 1941. And I was like, thank God that this guy's sticking around. Like he maybe did walk away from her like once, but you weren't, it wasn't enough for the viewer to be like, okay, that's like a jerk move. It was more like, okay, I kind of understand why he did that. You know? Yeah. Cause he only, I noticed that too, because he only walked away like maybe 10 feet. And then he said, come on, I'll drive you home. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so, but their love story was much more believable because he was just like kinder most of the time. But like when he got mad at her in this movie in the 1941, like he got really mad, but he was kinder all the rest of the time. So I could see why more accurately, why she would love him still and stand up for him because their love story was, was just more, I don't know, sweet almost. More believable. I mean, I still don't think he was a great guy. Me neither. No. There's a lot of things that he said to her where, like, he said something about, like, never grow older than 36 or whatever. And, like, he, there's a couple things he said where he was like, don't grow old, basically. And, and I was like, that's a little red flaggy because she can't help that she's going to grow older, you know, like everyone does. I it's- thought that line was so weird because he's like, you must promise me you're not going to wear pearls or black dresses and you're never going to get older than 36. And I thought, yeah. well, that, how can she so she ever like, promise you that? herself at 36 to yeah, like, what does that mean? The- like, I was hoping the movie would sort of explain what that meant. And was Rebecca 36 or something? That I don't seems understand. like something that they would explain, but they never like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I thought that that was weird too, but there was also things that he would like kind of tear her down about, you know, but again, like he was an overall more likable character. I thought than the 2020 version, just because he was affectionate to her yeah and he, it was clear that he really cared about her you know mm-hmm. yeah so uh, but it, no not definitely not like not a nice guy like he he was he was wearing her down a little bit you know yeah and did i understand correctly that rebecca's death in the 1940 version was accidental like he didn't actually do it she fell and hit her head and yeah, then she fell and hit her head on an anchor so that's much more i mean not that i want anybody to die but i like that so much more as his character yeah his character is not a murderer and so i understand why um what's her name jane um mrs de winter mrs de winter yeah she didn't have a name name? okay i understand why mrs de winter the new mrs de winter would stick with him because he was just like almost 
I mean, he did a lot of bad things after her. Like, he was a victim of circumstance in terms of her death, but then he hid the body and everything. So he's not (laughs) totally innocent, but he's not a murderer. Right. And I can see why she would stick with him as opposed to the 2020 version where he's like, I got so mad I shot her in the stomach. And I was like, but, but, (laughs) why would you say (laughs) that? Yeah, I, you know. I um so I have been talking to a friend of mine who I'm gonna call um West Michigan Geek Megan, but WMG Megan. So hey <laughs> Megan, I said that I would call I would <laughs> I would mention you on here because she's actually read the book, the Daphne Du Maurier book. And um she said that in the book he actually shoots Rebecca. Oh he does? Um, twenty twenty version is more accurate to that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I like the 1940 version better. And because so. she actually watched the movie to like tell me. Oh, that. wow. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure she did it for herself too, but I told her that it was on YouTube and she's like, oh, I, I was curious to watch it after she'd watched the 2020 version. Um, <clears throat> so then she watched the 1940 version. So I've like convinced a bunch of people to like watch this 1940 version. And I'm kind of proud of myself because it's like, I mean, it's, I feel like it's difficult to convince people to watch like an 80 year old movie. You know what I mean? But, um, I personally really liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. I was very, I was so happy that I liked it so much more than the 2020 version. And all the plot holes that were in the 2020 version were totally explained in this one. And I mean, there was things in the 2020 version that I was like, why couldn't you have just done it the way that it was done in the 1940 version? You know, like, yeah especially since they were almost it was almost a scene for scene remake like yeah i thought it was really annoying after i watched the 1940 version because they had that weird scene where she's riding a horse with favel oh yeah yeah in the 2021 in the 2020 version and that scene did not exist in the 1940 version and so much better for it because so many weird things also i thought that Mrs. De Winter had more autonomy in the 1940 version, honestly. Like, in the 2020 yeah. version, it was like, she was, like, wandering around, like, everything just keeps happening to me. And I didn't yeah. really put that together until I saw the older version. And I thought, oh, she, like, speaks up for herself a little bit more, and she is more suspicious, and and I, I think that's a much more compelling character than the one yeah. in the new version. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I definitely liked her more. And and we talked about, like, I think that Lily uh, James did a great job. However, Joan Fontaine, like, the entire movie, I was like, that's fucking Kristen Stewart. That's yes. fucking Kristen Stewart. And, like, you agreed and WMG Megan agreed. Like, you her- were both like, I can see Kristen Stewart. I was like, fucking right? Like, if- how can you not? <laughs> if I found out today that that's like Kristen Stewart's grandmother I would not be surprised because <laughs> no. their mannerisms their facial expressions their acting style is so similar it's yeah. insane like I think honestly like I love Lily James and don't get me wrong and I think again she did a great job but I think Kristen Stewart would have done an equally great job at that role because she was just so similar to Joan Fontaine in the original like it was I mean it was crazy like it, it was, it was like uncanny. Like what? Yeah. yeah, you said it was uncanny. Like you texted me and you were like that Kristen Stewart observation, uncanny. And I'm like, yeah. I don't fucking know. Like it's, it's wild. It's just like, 
I mean, even the way she like looks down at the ground was like similar and like, yeah, like she, I mean, cause Mrs. DeWinter was uncomfortable, like the entire movie, like that was pretty much what she was doing, which makes sense because, you know, I mean, it was just a weird situation that she was in, but, um, it was, it was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy. There was was a scene that I wanted to talk about because it was making me laugh between like loud groaning sighs of how long the movie was, but, um, the scene in the courtroom. So there's this character on SNL that Kristen Wiig used to play and she like loves surprises. I know you're talking about. And so like when there's a surprise and she has to like keep a secret, she's like, and she's like making faces and she'll like pull her shirt up over her face or she'll like do something crazy and in the courtroom Joan Fontaine's performance was just like and I like I almost wonder if Kristen Wiig was like mimicking her emotions on that because she was like moving around they kept like flashing to her and she was like moving around in her seat and like like making faces like the whole time all the testimony was going on and I was like chuckling because I thought this is ridiculous like they don't need to do this this often. And anyway, it was, it was, it was reminiscent. I doubt that (laughs) good. I made like a hyperbolic (laughs) statement. I doubt that Kristen Wiig was inspired by that, but they're very, very similar. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I I can, I can, I don't really, I guess I'm not really familiar enough to agree with you, but I I also think you're talking about, you know, I also think that that's like such an old timey thing. I feel like older movies, like the emotions of people are heightened in yeah. performances so I wasn't surprised to see it but I was kind of amused that it reminded me of like a modern day comedy thing you know so yeah yeah um so anyway I wanted to talk about I don't I really liked Lawrence Olivier's um performance in that And, well, I don't like Army Hammer anyway, obviously, because of all these allegations that came out. And also, I just had creepy vibes from him. And I'm going to capitalize that. Creepy with a capital C vibes with a capital V. Okay, creepy vibes (laughs) from him. Um, And I was thinking, I'm like, you know who would have done a really great job at this role? Sam Claflin. Maybe, yeah. You kind of see that? He has like kind of the softer face that like like Laurence Olivier has kind of a softer features, you know. He's got like a warmer face. Um, I mean, I just don't like Army Hammer either, but you know, like I I I, I feel like Army Hammer has a good like tumultuous style in the in the twenty twenty version. Yeah. So I kind of I it's believable that he is like this handsome man who is like a deep well of trouble because he he gets like a stormy look really well i don't know i feel like i feel like he's okay for the role but maybe the director didn't pull out the right performance i don't know I, I don't know. I don't, I feel like, like, I know what you mean about Slam Claflin, but at the same time, I don't because I, I feel like he's just too kind <laughs> and that, I don't know. I've seen him in quite a few roles where he's a dick, like, like, uh, Enola Holmes. He was, he played Mycroft Holmes and he was just, 
just a sniveling little piece of shit the whole movie you're like oh that guy's so annoying like and of course like I'm sorry okay but I don't know why anyone thought that Henry Cavill would make a good Sherlock Holmes I was like I was like a hot Sherlock Holmes first of all (laughs) secondly this guy (laughs) out of all the people like like Choose Sam Claflin for Sherlock Holmes. Switch roles, and I, then I could see that happening. You know what I mean? Anyway, whatever. Mike and, it, I, cast, Holmes. Mike and I cast Sam Claflin as Roger Daltrey in the movie about the Who. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because he looks, they look so similar. It's, well, not, I mean, like, they have, like, similar jaw lines, you know? Like, Hold on, I anyway. We, we casted it. And uh, Sam Claflin, if anyone's interested, Mike and I casted it together. So Sam Claflin is Roger Daltrey. Keith Moon is Jason Schwartzman. And if anyone is listening, this movie needs to be made ASAP because if Jason Schwartzman doesn't get to play Keith Moon, then what's the point of him (laughs) being an actor? Um, Tom Holland is Entwistle, who is John Entwistle. I'm trying. Okay, I can totally see. I can totally see Roger Daltrey. And then I need to look up Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Keith Moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Okay. And then... And then who's the last guy? Well, there's... Um, two more? There's two more. So uh, Tom Holland is John Entwistle. And look up a young photo of John Entwistle. Because um, he's not like the... I think Tom Holland is like cute, but he's not like super sexy and i think that's why he's a good casting for john entwistle Mm. i could kind of see that and then craig roberts is pete townsend which is a really good casting as well so credit to mike as well craig roberts yes i don't think i know who craig roberts is He's in the movie Submarine, and he's in the movie like, um, oh yeah, I know who you're talking the one about. with Paul Rudd, the Netflix movie with Paul Rudd. Yep, yep, I know who you're talking about. But listen, Jason Schwartzman needs to play Keith Moon right now. <laughs> Isn't wasn't Keith Moon kind of like, or is he still alive? I think wasn't he's not he- still alive. He died. Oh, he died. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't he kind of like he was like crazy on the drums? Or yeah, something? big time. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I could definitely see. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I was thinking the other day of that scene from Rushmore where he's like, what are you even wearing? And he goes, they're OR scrubs. And he goes, oh, are they? (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) Hey, why don't you go see if anyone wants some root beers? I don't want any. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, Sam Claflin did have that role in um, Me Before You where he played kind of like a moody guy. Yeah. But anyway, Um, I could definitely see it. I mean, I can understand you not seeing it, but I, again, I would rather see anyone other than Army Hammer in anything. The thing is not taking Army Hammer's personal life into any account. And I'm not saying that this is right. I'm not saying... I'm not trying to like erase what he did. I'm just saying my view of him in the movie as a bubble, I wasn't bothered. Yeah, just I'm not thinking about anything, any of the personal issues. I'm just saying his role in the movie as an actor, I didn't bother me overall. Like I thought he was fine for it. But, you know, yeah, obviously no, I, there I are agree. things that like. I think 
as an actor, there could have been someone better. <laughs> you know, like well, Laurence Olivier well, is better, so there is someone better. <laughs> there is someone better. He's just yeah. been dead for a while. <laughs> yeah so no i mean obviously there can be someone better because there was someone better so i totally agree with you yeah yeah well Uh, i also think the director could have done better too because like they had i mean it almost when i see shot for shot remakes well almost it's almost a shot for shot remake i think what why did you even make this what was the point like you didn't put any like incredible new spin on it all the new stuff you added to the 2020 version actually makes it worse so what was the point yeah it makes it worse and there's all these plot holes in it that are like wait what yeah what Mm -hmm. yeah i so i um i have a question for you because i don't know if i just misread the situation but in the scene where Mrs. DeWinter is talking to Frank and they're like in like a parlor room or something and they're sitting right next to each other, was that like weirdly intimate to you? They're talking yeah. about Rebecca. And I like it seemed like to me, like I wasn't really getting that from her, but from him, I kind of got the vibe that he was like attracted to her because it seemed like they were sitting awfully close for like what they were like to me what they were discussing it was like it just seemed like it was almost like an intimate situation i don't know if i was just misreading that well i don't clearly remember that moment but i do think i do agree with you that there was like an intimacy between them that was seemingly more than just like acquaintances or something okay Okay. yeah so i don't think you were that far off but i also I really liked that you saw them interacting in this one. So in 2021, you're just like, what is she crazy? Like what's, you just have to rely. Like it's the whole movie is, is based on like this unreliable narrator almost, you know, because so I like that in this one, you see the intimacy between them. And I, I agree with you. I mean, even though I don't remember that scene super well, I, I agree. I think you're, you're on base that there's like, there was like a weird familiarity Okay, yeah, because I felt like I was tripping out, and I was like, "Am I?" <laughs> but I also Hell, think I that Favell seemed—I liked him better in the older <laughs> one too, because he was—he seemed more like a sweet talker, like he seemed more like a snake oil salesman right off the bat. Whereas in the 2020 version, it was just kind of like you have to believe that he's a snake oil salesman. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense because like almost immediately he's just like like almost immediately you're like do not trust this guy yeah <laughs> like, like you're like just alarm bells going off you're like something's not right here this guy is a snake in the grass and he will you know and and he proved later on like he was gonna do whatever it took even if he was going to frame um mr de winter or maxim or whatever to just make he was yeah he was definitely not like a good guy he was he was shady. You do not trust Jack Favell. <laughs> I really like Manderley in the in the older version. Like I would like to live in that house. It was Oh my god, awesome. I know, right? Awesome. <laughs> and it was, was it was amazing. like it was like lived in as well, which I really appreciated. Where the new version, it's just like this house with big rooms that they're just walking through all the time, it just was walking cold. through. Yeah, yeah. But the house in the 1941, like she, they had furniture and they sat down, and there was that really sweet scene. Well, it's sweet and sour because it's like they're watching 
the film reels from their honeymoon and they get in a little bit of an argument, you know, so it's not like a totally sweet scene, but you just see them interacting and, and you see them comfortable in the house. And, and even though Mrs. DeWinter is uncomfortable for most of it, it's still like the house looks inviting and it's awesome. Yeah. It's such a cool house. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I really liked um, Rebecca's room, but I want to, I want to talk to you about that whole thing with, um, Mrs. Danvers. So Mrs. Danvers was a piece of work and I appreciated her. Like I can totally, totally see why people were like her performance in this was far more intense than it was in the 2020 version. And you could see like, and the thing I really liked about it too, is that like you as a viewer could definitively see how much Mrs. Danvers was like obsessed with Rebecca. Like yeah. there was no question in your mind. You were like, like she was in like crazy about this woman. And her performance was really good because she was like certifiably insane. I think because oh, yeah. there was no, a for scene. Sure. Yeah. Like for sure. She was, she was walking. She was showing Mrs. DeWinter around Rebecca's old bedroom. And she's like, have you ever seen such a beautiful bedroom? Look at this bedroom. And then she goes over, she takes her over to the bed and she's like, look at this nightgown. Have you ever seen such a nice nightgown? And Mrs. DeWinter is not paying attention. And Mrs. Danver like cocks her head, like waiting. Like she puts everything on pause, waiting for Mrs. DeWinter to turn around and look at the nightgown. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this woman is bonkers. And it then- was- at the end of that scene, Mrs. DeWinter just sort of like sneaks out the door because she also sees that Mrs. Danvers is bonkers. And I totally agree with you. Like her performance was so much better. Yeah. 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 It's like that scene, the scene with the nightgown and by the way, totally sheer see-through nightgown like it it's was, like what dakota johnson wore the whole time in <laughs> a bigger splash. A bigger splash. Yeah, I know. um and i was like and she's she's holding up this nice nightgown and she's like letting it flow through her fingers and she's like just look how nice this nightgown is and i was like getting increasingly uncomfortable especially for mrs de winter because it was like look how sexy Rebecca was, you know, yeah. like, look at these sexy gowns that she would wear for her husband, her husband. And, and, um, there was many, like, there were several times where Miss, Mrs. Danvers had said something like, well, you're just a plain girl compared to Rebecca, you know, and stuff like that. And so Mrs. DeWinter is already like, okay, so I'm not as beautiful as my, you know, husband's, wife you know dead wife now and now I have Mrs. Danvers going oh and look how sensual and sexy she was and like inviting and everyone loved her and she was so enticing and interesting and and Mrs. DeWinter's like yep it's fine I'm just gonna go cry in my bed not for any reason just you know just feel yeah like shed a couple tears or whatever <laughs> you know that's, it's like that's a movie trope that I've talked about before where it's like you cast this beautiful actress oh, yeah, she's... and they spend the whole time talking about how she's plain and Rebecca was so much prettier. And I, I just, I could, I've never been able to get on board with that ever because I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like she's beautiful. I know. I'm like, she's super cute. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I know everyone's like, Rebecca was so gorgeous. Like, yeah. Oh, well, if Rebecca was that gorgeous, then why doesn't she just come back to life? Okay. Bye. <laughs> And I agree with you, like, that's pretty terrible that they, like, characters kept saying that. And But I think that 
sort of storyline works a lot better in a book. Yeah. And for the movie version, you have to amend it. And I, I, uh, I think the 2020 version did a little bit better amending that because it, the implication was just that Rebecca was, was more fun and vivacious and, and everybody was drawn to her as opposed to Rebecca was pretty and you're not, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's one point where I think the 2020 version did a little bit better because they weren't so heavy-handed with like the disparity between the looks because it's just you can't do that in a movie unless you really unless you just like go to a shopping mall and find the plainest Jane that you can find and not an actor, not a Hollywood starlet at all, then maybe you could pull it off, but even still, you know. Yeah, no, and I mean, obviously it was a way to just tear down Mrs. DeWinter and make her feel like, you know, yeah, um, terrible about herself. And I mean, Mrs. Danvers was like, <laughs> she was so good in this movie. Um, so let's talk about the whole portrait thing. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So the portrait wasn't, okay, did I miss this or was the portrait not mentioned until like halfway through the movie no you're right the okay. portrait was mentioned halfway through and also there was no like te- like tricking a maid to tell mrs de winter to dress up like mrs damber was just like you should dress up like this yeah you know? yeah i don't i couldn't understand why even though mrs de winter was so uncomfortable around her that she would like be like oh yeah you're right i should dress up like this i'd be like i'll choose what i want thanks well, for your advice especially but. since they showed those like drawings that mrs de winter had made and they were like joan of arc in like a <laughs> suit of arms and then all of a sudden she goes totally the opposite direction and wears this like 1800s giant dress with like ringlets in her hair and i i thought that was very like one like 180 degree turn you know yeah <laughs> big time it was weird it was like it, it, yeah no i don't i don't know i <laughs> anyway so i like that they did that in the 1941 because i felt like when i was watching the 2021 almost immediately i was like don't do it Mm-mm, don't do it don't do it but in this one even though i knew that's what was going to happen i was still like hi hey, i wonder how this is going to play out you know what i mean yeah because i because you as the audience are not supposed to know that it's Rebecca that she's actually emulating, you know? And then you find out that she is emulating her. And it's like, and I thought that that was like a super well done scene after she's, she's back up in the room and she's like, you know, crying and everything. And Mrs. Danvers is like, I'm just going to open a window for you just for some fresh air. And then, you know, and she's like, why don't you stand up and breathe in the fresh air, darling? And this is the winter standing there and like crying. And she's like, it'd just be so easy. Wouldn't it just to step off and just let all your cares go away. And I was like, I was like, Mrs. Danvers is straight up like, girl, kill yourself. Kill yeah. yourself now. <laughs> it was- and that's, I think that also speaks to the better performance of mrs danvers because there's really no reason when you think about it why mrs danvers would have anything against mrs de winter because mrs de winter is totally innocent to what happened to rebecca yeah she should focus all of her energy on destroying mr de winter and i guess destroying his new wife would kind of destroy him but at the same time since mrs danvers was like half cocked already 
yeah. it made sense that she would just like go after the easiest target. Yeah. And I didn't get that sense in the new version. In the new version, it was just like she was like this like snobby. I, you know, like she was very hard to read, but I liked that she was just kind of crazy in the 1940 version. And yeah, she's encouraging this poor young woman to kill herself. I know. And, yeah. And I think that you're right. Like it's just, it was, it was intense a little bit and it was, it was. you know, it was more intriguing and. Well, and it, and it makes more sense again in the 1941 because they show how much Mrs. Danvers was obsessed with Rebecca. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's no question in your mind again, as the viewer versus in the 2021, you're like, why is she so fucking weird about this shit? Like, yeah, I really, I really liked, um, I really liked Mrs. Danvers in this. It was very, uh, like it was, she was a very tense person. And I, I think that Kristen Scott Thomas did a great job. However, it's it's not it's not her fault. It's not the actress's fault. It was the writing, is what yep. it was. You know, yeah, the writing and the directing. The, yeah. yeah, the script wasn't it wasn't compelling enough, or or didn't make sense enough for you know Mrs. Danvers to react the way she did. Whereas in the 1941, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. I can totally see it now. So yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, it's a much better character and a much better performance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what did you think of the end with Mrs. Danvers dying in the fire? Because I guess in the book, she does sneak back. She gets fired or something. Then she sneaks. You know what? Hold on. Let me look. Well, that yeah, that happens in the 2020 version, too, where she, like, sneaks back. Yeah, I think that the 2021 sounded like it was a little bit more accurate as far as the book goes. Oh, does she jump off a cliff in the 2020 version? Uh, you mean in the book? That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. So what Megan did say about this is that she said that, um, that like in the 2020 version, she wasn't like, she was not really how she was in the, in the book. So I guess she was like a lot more headstrong, whereas the 1941 was more accurate to that. I'm talking about Mrs. DeWinter, sorry. Oh, <laughs> okay. that. Um, and then, let's see. So, okay. So Mrs. Danvers does leave the home in the book. And um, she, like, I guess it's presumed that she sneaks back later, like, sneaks on back later to, like, set fire to the place. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know what actually happened to her, so... But yeah, so she, I don't think she dies in the fire though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I personally really like that ending. I like that she died in the fire. I think that was, it, it felt like a sort of like cosmic karma, like type. I don't know. It, like it, it felt like, to me, it felt right for the character that she would destroy Rebecca's home and her with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it felt like poetic justice almost. Like she lost, I think she lost a lot of her motivation when Rebecca died. So it's almost like her life can't exist without Rebecca's maybe. It's in a weird way. Yeah. I and so too. I didn't care for the 2020 ending when Mrs. DeWinter like watched her jump off a cliff and just cliff dive where she didn't, I mean, well, how she didn't actually die. Filmed, I don't know. So The way it was filmed made me laugh. Like stupid. I was like, what 
is this? this it was is dumb. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just better to have her die in her own wreckage, I guess. Yeah. So I like that. I, I mean, overall, I would, I would 100% recommend the 1941 and I would not recommend the 2021. Yeah, I think if if you're interested, if anyone's interested at all, I would say the same thing. Watch the yeah. older version; it's better. It's long. It's not. <laughs> I think I liked it a little bit less than you did because I just found it to be so tediously long. Especially like, I don't. It's almost like a four act movie to me. It's I don't, yeah. probably maybe it's not, but I don't know. Like it's it's the end is so drawn out, and um, so I would recommend it if if you have a desire just skip the 2021 altogether but i also don't personally think it's like must see viewing but no, yeah it is better i don't it think it's way must better. see either but i think if you're a hitchcock fan then you definitely yeah. should see it for sure mm-hmm. um yeah again it's on youtube you can watch it for free so um i but i do agree with you the some of the courtroom scenes i was like okay yeah let's get going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i I think overall, I didn't really like the courtroom stuff in general, like you, what you said before. I think that that, I don't know. I don't, I, I, it felt like it was a little bit out of place with the rest of the movie. Yeah. I guess I expected it to be more of a horror and it wasn't, but I still really liked it. So I, I really liked it. I really liked the 1941. I mean, I'm, I'm happy I bought it. So yeah, which is good because I, do not like I am one of those people who like first of all I rarely buy DVDs now that everything's available like on streaming which they took off the spy who dumped me on Hulu Did they? yeah oh, <laughs> I'm gonna buy it now I know but I do not spend $14 on DVDs <laughs> like I am and I I bought that because I was I was obsessed I was a woman on a mission you know so yeah, yeah. I'm glad I bought it though yeah yeah, it was. It's nice to see the the story done so much better yeah, than the twenty twenty sure. version. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, are you ready to talk about the movie that we actually are reviewing? Oh, time? I'm ready. Oh, I'm are you ready? Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, okay. So you have been waiting to see this movie so i I, I gotta know what did you think of the movie um so i was right it did give me swimming pool vibes like the french film um i have to say like swimming pool more (laughs) um i didn't i didn't hate it i don't know if i loved it i I I don't know. I I kind of like I kind of like I left I finished the movie and I was like okay, there are some things that happened that I predicted were going to happen almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Like Harry being murdered. I kind of had a feeling that he like someone was going to get killed. Really? Yeah, almost oh, immediately, wow. like within like 20 minutes I was like I have a feeling someone's going to get killed and I have a feeling it's going to be this guy. Wow. So I was right about that. <clears throat> um I was right about um, Penelope and Harry having a relationship that wasn't quite father and daughterish. I was as I was watching the movie, I was like, "There's some real Mr. Brooks shit happening going on here." 
But at least this movie didn't like try to disguise it as a normal father daughter relationship. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It didn't at all. It wasn't like they were like, uh-huh, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm glad I saw it. But let's just say that I'm, I'm very glad I saw it. I was very curious about the movie. And would I say that it satisfied my curiosity? Yes, it did for sure. Um, I'm glad that I watched it. So, what did you think? I liked it. Did you really? I'm I surprised. did. I um, the end actually it soured for me a little bit at the end, but I I actually like really liked it, and I was actually kind of angry that I'd never heard of this movie before you brought it up because I think Ray Fine's performance is outstanding i thought he was amazing in this movie i mean he couldn't resist showing his penis multiple times but (laughs) i i thought he was he should have i thought he should have won like major awards for this i i really really thought he did a really superb job and i really liked i liked the movie i mean i'm okay so i was watching the movie and as i was watching it i was like i don't think sam's gonna like (laughs) really I didn't think I would either. Honestly, I wasn't, I was, sometimes I get excited, excited about watching the movies we're going to watch. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm curious yeah. what this is. And this Same one was here. like, I wasn't excited to watch it. I was curious about it. Cause I watched the trailer once when you like the, a long time ago, when you asked me if I wanted to review it, I watched the yeah. trailer then and never again. And I was like, sure. And so I was just like, what's what's this movie gonna be am i gonna i thought it was gonna be this is gonna sound weird because it is kind of i thought it was gonna be like shitty people being shitty to each other and it was people being shitty to each other but i didn't like i didn't feel like they were shitty people and i that's really weird to say but i thought that i was just gonna be depressed the whole time but i actually wasn't like it's not a happy movie but it's also it didn't I don't know. It it I like it more. I, it surprises me how much I liked it. Right. Now, it surprises me too actually. I thought that you were <laughs> so, going to be like, this is not cuz I think you liked it more than I did. And I think so. I, and that surprises I like, me. I what? It What'd surprises me that I liked it more than you yeah, did. Yeah, I, I know cuz this is like totally my type of movie. This is the type <laughs> of movie where I'm like this movie's kind of creepy and I love it. <laughs> like but <laughs> No, I, I kind of like, I kind of finished the film and I was like, I mean, part of me, I think liked it, but the other, I, I just like, I feel like I can't like definitively give an answer as to whether or not I liked it because I guess I did, but I'm still, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, it's a very, um, I don't know. I'm I'm ready to talk about the movie though because I think this is going to be an interesting. Listen, and I actually didn't write a single note. Which oh I'm really? Surprised about yeah. Wow. Yeah. This scene I could watch. This is really weird, and I don't understand it myself. But I could watch the scene with Ray Fiennes dancing around the house and going outside and dancing. I could watch that like 10 times in a row. I really, really liked it. And it's not like, I don't even know if you're supposed to like that scene. I think it's supposed to be a weird scene, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen a performance from him that I've liked as much as I liked him in this movie. Like he He was was letting his hyped up. He was letting his freak flag fly and he was amazing. And 
I I just it shocks me that I didn't know about this performance or this movie. Yeah. Like cuz I it's came out in what 2015? Yep. And I it must have just been so under the radar. But I think it did I did briefly read the wiki page and I think it did win some like Tribeca Film Festival awards and things like that. But I don't know, it was just I don't think it went to like big theaters. I think no. it was probably an mm-hmm. indie film. Well, and also there's a lot of nudity in it and like us as Americans yeah weird about that we're like mm, nope mm-mm, nope so um yeah that's that's definitely like i could see it maybe not going to like big theaters because of that reason because of the uh, i don't know um i i just i don't know that's my theory i do think that um the movie was oddly you know how we talked about like promising young woman having many layers i really mm-hmm. liked in this movie a bigger splash how there was so many there was many layers like emotional layers and relational layers and i thought that it was very well done with all the layers and the familiarity between the people and the jealousy and the love and the hatred and the love so much you hate them and you hate so much you love them sort of emotions and i i really liked that uh I really liked that angle. And I think yeah. that that is one of the reasons why I, I liked the movie so much. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that big time. So with Harry arriving, first of all, Harry was like a force to be reckoned with. Like he was just like, I mean, I have no idea how this guy had like toddler energy levels. Well, he, he was, was doing cocaine in like a flashback so i assumed he was still doing cocaine yeah i kind of kind of got that impression too but you never actually see him doing it um so i had called it idyllic before and you had said i don't think it looks idyllic i think it looks tense so what did you think now that you've seen it (laughs) now i think it seems idyllic (laughs) (laughs) i actually there's something that i wanted to bring up and it's there's two things. So I thought that the opening of the movie was pretty romantic mm. and I liked the two characters. And at first, like they weren't talking to each other, like when they were riding in the car together, going to the beach and um, Harry, who not Harry, Paul, Paul, yeah. played by what's his name? Matthias Schoenarts. Matthias Schoenarts and Tilda Swinton. So Paul and Marianne yep. are at this like secluded villa villa the, the secluded villa in like italy or something or greece i don't do you know where they were they were in italy that's what i thought and they're going to the beach and he's like looking for something and she realizes that he's looking for sunglasses and so she just gives him her sunglasses and i thought that was really romantic and i, I really liked that and then they're like in the in the ocean water rubbing mud on themselves and like embracing and i thought that was very sweet and it sort of pulled me into like the warmth of the like the sunshine and the colors in the movie and the the warmth of their relationship in those moments and it was just very beautiful and I and I and it did not make me feel tense at all yeah and I in fact I didn't feel tense for most of the movie like I felt I could tell that there was a lot of raw emotion happening and it and that is intense but I didn't feel uncomfortable watching it um until the end obviously but (laughs) 
so all of that is to say, and I liked how they were like lazing around nude at this villa that they were, you know, like, cause they're just so comfortable with each other. It's just the two of them. They're secluded. And, um, and you find out I later that villa, by the way, I was like, too. it seemed like, it seemed like it was built to like, you just leave the, the windows open and it's just like naturally cool in there. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it seemed like a very, like, I was like, I would not hate staying here for a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like this, <laughs> I wouldn't not mind going here on vacation. Just saying. It was very beautiful. And yeah. you found out later that Tilda Swinton's character, Marianne Lane is, is like a very famous rock star. Well, I you think- find that out like right away. Cause they, show- Oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess what I meant to say, yes, you find out she's a rock star right away and they're sort of on holiday, but you find out later that she's had vocal surgery. So she Mm -hmm. really can't talk like she's supposed to be healing. So all of their manner, all of their interactions at the very beginning were like nonverbal in a romantic way, but also you find out that nonverbal in a like necessary way. Yeah. But there's something else I want to talk about and it's, (laughs) it's kind of weird, but and I've talked about this before about other movies, but this movie had it and it kind of bothered me. And it's um, Tilda Swinton's sex faces. <laughs> they made me very uncomfortable. Like they were having sex in the pool and it's, and it's not super graphic. So it's kind of just a romantic moment, but her <laughs> sex faces were really something else that I just, I couldn't tell if she was enjoying it or not. And I've told you that there's other movies where I've seen that. And I, it really takes me out of the moment of like watching these two lovers like you know and it's I don't know it ceases to be like a sweet moment between them and it seems like uncomfortable and and I I don't know if that's just like I wasn't sure if that was intentional like they wanted her to make those faces or if that's just her acting like her sex acting face right I um I agree with you. I actually do. I kind of agree with you. It's like, it, it wasn't enough to really bug me or, or, I mean, I didn't write any notes down, which is very unusual for me, but, um, <laughs> I think it's really funny that you picked up on that though, because, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny, you know, but I, I can kind of see what you mean. Like there were some scenes where I was like, okay, is she into this or no? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she looked very grimacy and I, I just, because in the, the reason I noticed it is I probably wouldn't, like the scene between her and Ray Fiennes later in the movie makes a little bit more sense because you're not sure if she's into it or not. But right. the scenes that it stuck out to me, the couple scenes between her and Paul, because her and Paul are like on another level, you know, like they right. communicate non-verbally almost and they are so comfortable with each other and so i would have expected the scenes between them to seem like just more sensual but instead i like her i don't know her face was the contortions of her face were were odd awkward yeah no i i do agree with you it it like almost takes you out of the scene like where Mm -hmm. you're like supposed to be like okay this is a little sexy like this is you know um, yeah because it's not too much like what yeah. In a movie like this, I think it would be really easy for them to show too much of the sex scene and then it becomes like, oh, like here's the obligatory the style sex scene. Yeah, like here's the obligatory sex scene. But the sex scenes right. that were in the movie were just like very short and they were pretty romantic and they were just sort of like 
here's two people having sex who love each other, you know, and, and it worked within the confines of where they were. And, and it was like very, like I've I've used the word word romantic before, but it was just, it was just refreshing because I've seen plenty of small independent movies where it's like, so it's like graphic for the point of being graphic. Right. And that's why I know that's why they stood out to me in this movie because I would have expected them to be the other way, but it also stood out to me because of the faces she was making. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I like the subtlety of the sex scenes too. I think it was it, it was nice. Um, do you think that Paul slept with Penelope? I do, and I'll tell you why. Uh, okay, because I'm curious as to what you think. So <laughs> So Penelope him and him take this hike and mm-hmm. it actually that's when the movie started souring for well the movie started souring for me with the Marianne and Harry story around that time too but so there's some stuff near the end that I was like eh, but I expected this stuff to happen I expected them to like cheat almost because it's yeah. just how the movie set up but so Paul reluctantly goes with Penelope to that lake I'm like it's like a two mile hike mm-hmm. And then she just, like, takes all of her clothes off and lays there. And you never really see him walk over to her because he they have, like, a lake. They have the lake between them. And she just sort of, like, she looks off as if – I thought in that scene her actions made it seem like he ignored her and walked away because her – she just, like, put her arm up and was just like, well, if he's not going to sleep with me, I'll just lay in the sun. But they came back so late and – Paul was more talkative than he was for the rest, the whole, he never, he didn't talk that much in the whole movie. He talked more in that like dinner scene right after that than he did for the whole movie. And that's why I think they slept together. Yeah, I kind of think so too. And it's the same idea that you had where he talked more, but also they just seem to be kind of like post-sex. Yeah. And she also said like, they had that like post-sex vibe where they're like we just feel good and like we're just chilling you know what i mean like yeah yep and she said like after dinner she was like i'm gonna go to bed i'm so beat from the day and then she looked over at him she's like i'm beat from the day and not very subtly and i figured yeah they they definitely and that made me really sad um but it also like obviously the marianne and paul and harry storyline made me sad as well but i thought like well penelope was like I mean, her eyes were on him, the like on Paul the entire movie. Like, yeah, she, she was like, "I'm gonna fuck that guy," <laughs> from like almost the moment that they're introduced. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I expected them all kind of to sleep together too, and I was actually surprised that Harry and Penelope ended up actually being like related because yeah. I think- that he i thought okay so let's just talk about like the beginning so when harry arrives on the plane and he introduces her he kind of like almost like he almost he doesn't like come out with the information right away that she's his daughter you know so you're kind of like is she his kid and then he's like just kidding she's my kid and i was like is she though (laughs) you know like even though he introduced her as his daughter I still, like, I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite sure that I believed that. Like, I was like, he could say that he's his daughter, but I kind of thought that maybe they were sleeping together. I thought that they were dating or whatever, just fucking or whatever, you know? Um, 
but and then as you know the and time went on but they had such an uncomfortable relationship like it it seemed so i don't know just very it, it was very uncomfortable yeah i did feel this exactly the same way as you and i didn't start believing that she was his daughter until they were at that weird cliffside restaurant and she was talking to Paul and Marianne and Penelope was saying like Anne is my mother like Marianne would know who Anne is and then it sort of like started clicking for Marianne and 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 then I started believing that she was his daughter yeah same but here. I still just like you was like but is she <laughs> like yeah, is this yeah, just like I'm a like, rib <laughs> is he just ribbing them and and I also like I didn't care for Penelope's character because I didn't think she had any redeeming qualities. I thought the rest you, of them. You said that she, you predicted that before you watched the movie. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, and it's because in the scene, in the trailer, there's a scene where she offers Paul a cigarette and he says, I don't smoke. And she said, well, that doesn't mean you don't want some. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, that's uh, like the subtext in that line is very apparent. And oh yeah, so I knew i was prepared to not like her but i was also prepared to give her a shot because obviously the trailer is cut in such a way to like make you titillated you know right. but i just i found that the the three of them um paul and harry and marianne made some egregious mistakes and were kind of shitty sometimes but they all had this like redeeming quality to them where i even though i you know their characters did things i didn't like i still liked the characters yes but penelope didn't have that at all and that started to grate on me a little bit because i wanted to like her a little bit but she just seemed like um she just she just seemed like like this evil character basically and i that's maybe a strong word but i don't know how else to say it I didn't feel and, and then at the end they tried to give her some this redemption by making her cry but I didn't feel anything for her I didn't feel bad for her I I don't I don't know if it's my fault or the movie's fault but what do you think um I liked her but I also agree with her you that I don't think she had a very good redemption arc but I think I liked her because of a lack of a redemption mm -hmm. arc you know i can see that for sure yeah i liked her because um she was manipulative yeah she was, that's a good that's a better was, word than evil yeah, she was young she knows she's cute you know like and when when harry brings those two women sylvie and um what was the other one's name uh uh marielle and she goes guess who i am you know like she's like you know what i mean like she just kind of had this like you know you know who i am you know what i mean and i i liked her because of because of her lack of having her be a likable character you know what i mean no, um, i i agree with you yeah. on that point like i think it's bold to have a character like that yeah in the movie and yeah. so in that regard i do kind of respect it I agree with your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever see the movie swimming pool? No, I didn't. Okay. I thought you had maybe. Um, I know what it's, I I've seen the trailer and I kind of know what it's about and I, you've talked to me about it before, but I've never actually seen it. If you liked a bigger splash, I think you'd like swimming pool. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very like, so I was on Reddit because sometimes I read Reddit um, for like 
if people have like theories about the movie like I'm like because sometimes people think of things that I don't think of so I'm curious as to you know but there wasn't really much out there and one of the people that had commented this person's post about a bigger splash was like oh yeah it's a remake of swimming pool and I was like no it's not <laughs> I'm like they are two very different films like sure there's a swimming pool in both of them and <laughs> they have similar like they have very similar feels and there are similar things that happen but they are not the same movie at all they are two very different films so it's like so I'm really actually curious as to what you think of that movie um so anyway yeah I I totally agree with you that she was not a redeemable character but I, I think that she's with the, like, so we think that she's 22 because she says, you know, I'm 22, right? To Marianne, you know? When that line first happened in the movie, I couldn't tell if she was trying to be respected, like, don't treat me like a child, I'm 22, or if she was trying to cause Marianne some heartache, like, heartache, like, I'm 22, aka Harry cheated on you with my mother while you guys were dating 22 years ago or something. I couldn't tell. Well, she was only with Harry for six years before she met Paul. Right. I'm just saying like at that moment when the movie, like, Oh, because maybe she doesn't know how long they were together or something. Or may, or we don't know how long they were together at that point. Like was, were they dating 22 years ago? And now she's like, got this revelation that like, Oh, he cheated on you. And so I wasn't sure. And, and then obviously as the movie went on, I think she told her that because she, I was actually like shocked that she was only 17. I believed that she was 22 because she yeah. acted so mature. Yeah. Um, and so we know that she said that, you know, because she was only 17, she lied about her age, but it also is an interesting storyline because I think that explains why Ray Fiennes was so um, almost I mean, I understand why he would be angry no matter what age she was, but he was more angry at Paul for sleeping with her. And that kind of, there's like some subtext there, like she's only 17, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, um, I think that her behavior is very indicative of a 17 year old. Yes. Um, like pretending that she can't speak Italian when everyone else is struggling around her because to her, it's funny. And you know, mm-hmm. as me as a 17 year old, I could have seen me doing that because I'm like, <laughs> no one can understand each other. They're a bunch of fucking assholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but as an adult, I'd be like, oh, let me step in and help because I'm an adult. And now I understand like doing that is shitty, you know? So, um, and I think that her, you know, like with the whole, she like threw the coins in the pool and then she's like, throw something in there, throw your watch in there. And she's like, throw a, uh, a chair in there. She's like, I need a shipwreck. And I thought it was, I thought that was actually cute that she did that, that she's saying that. But then when I was reading so- the Reddit, they had, someone had said something about that, about how she was kind of acting bratty. And I didn't like really see that as being bratty. I thought she was just kind of being cute about it. But now and then when you find out that she's 17, I was like, oh, well, that does seem kind of immature. Like now that I, you know, now that I'm seeing it from that perspective. I have a, to- you know? I had a totally different take on that scene. Um, I thought pretty <laughs> much, I thought <laughs> she was. Let me work so well because <laughs> there's always like, I'm like, let me tell you about what I think. And you're like, let me tell you the exact opposite of what I think. <laughs> 
I she was I thought she was in control almost the whole movie. She was like you manipulative was a great word that you used. Manipulative and I she was trying to seduce him that whole time. Like oh, she yeah. threw the coins in the pool. Like she randomly got up because he wasn't paying attention to her and threw the coins in the pool. She knew exactly what she was doing. She brought it to him like here's your treasure and and then was trying to be seductive to him you know and and i agree with you though that that the maturity the sexual maturity she exuded also was hand in hand with age immaturity and it was a very like delicate line to walk and i think she did a really dakota johnson did a really good job with that because she was obviously ahead of her time sexually but her brain hadn't caught up with that part of her yet right. so i agree with you like the immature like almost brattiness of her actions did indicate somebody who was under 22 but i thought that whole time i thought she was just like i want to seduce him and i'm going to do anything i can to seduce him and also like no no i agree with you i totally think she was in control as well yeah 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 and what were you saying oh i just I think I might be too old, but I really was like annoyed with her wardrobe as I talked about earlier. But <laughs> oh, you mean like this mesh? Like <laughs> she was wearing a mesh tank top with nothing underneath it, and I and I thought like that seems like something a seventeen-year-old would do, especially a seventeen-year-old with no guidance or direction from a parental figure. Yeah, seriously. And I was in then a mom too, like ships off your daughter to like stay with like someone she barely knows to a dad she just met. Yeah, like that's sure that's your biological father, but you don't know what kind of guy he's gonna be towards your daughter. Like I would be not, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I'd be like, no, like you actually be there, but. This is going to sound weird, and I I don't know how else to say it, but I actually really liked the scene when, so Marianne went to a grocery store with Harry, and Marianne was trying to tell Harry, like, your actions to Penelope do not look like the actions between a father and a daughter. Like, people might get the wrong idea. And Harry had this little soliloquy where he said, do you want me to tell you that sometimes I find my daughter attractive? I'll tell you because I only met her a year ago. So it's very weird. And I, I know that's creepy and I know it's weird and I wouldn't want to hear about it in real life, but it seemed also sort of realistic in a movie version where he has this, like, he doesn't, he has no fatherly love. When he met her, he had no fatherly love toward her because he didn't know who she was. Right. So for him to see her as a woman and as a daughter all at once I can sort of believe that that might produce some weird thoughts and emotions. And I, I, I've never seen a scene like that in a movie. I'm sure it exists, but I actually like, I thought it was a neat addition and I, I don't know how else to say it, but. Um, I agree with you. I think it's, 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 I can't talk. It's interesting because um, I mean, we should talk about, so the scene before that all happened they um harry and marianne are like doing karaoke which looked like a super like this all of the things that like so many things that they did like i wanted to go grocery shopping with them like so bad and i've never wanted to go grocery shopping that bad in my life but when they got the like fresh ricotta yeah i 
swear, like I had like this jealous feeling fill my whole body. Like I was like, I want Roger and Ghana, you know, because I have had like she made I, a better sex face eating the ricotta than she did in her sex scene. Yeah, yes, like I, so I have, uh, or I had an Italian grandmother who who passed away, and I've been to Italy, and when I went to Italy. There was a cousin of mine named Alfredo, and I've told you this story before, but I'm telling you for our listeners. Um, and he worked in like the cheese industry or whatever. So he brought like this in, like from what I remember, and I was 13. So that was like almost 20 years or more than 20 years ago. Um, he like, from what I remember, it was like an entire table, like just filled with all these like super fresh cheeses. And they were the most amazing cheese I've ever had in my life. And nothing has ever compared <laughs> since. And it's like, I, there's like, I cannot tell you the disappointment that you feel when you break into a thing of fresh mozzarella and you go, she's not the same, she's not the same. <laughs> like, so disappointing so then when she was eating this like incredibly fresh ricotta that was like hot from the the thing I was just like oh my god that looks amazing and I was so so fucking jealous of that and I mean the whole city was just like this or little town was just this beautiful cute little town and it was like a postcard I know like I was like I just love to like wander around this town and like go get some fresh groceries and then go home and make some like delicious fresh pasta with fresh ricotta oh my god oh the Italian in me is like oh (laughs) like I get so excited you know it's like watching um it's like watching a a Studio Ghibli movie in the in the food yes yes (laughs) I mean like the food scenes like even though they're animated you're like I want that fucking bacon right there (laughs) I need that food ASAP exactly exactly, yeah yeah. no I know what you mean yeah so so anyway back to what I was saying is they were at a karaoke place and Harry was singing and then him and then uh Paul and and Penelope joined them and Harry and Penelope were singing together, but he was like holding her from behind in a very weird, very intimate embrace. That was, I would never sing like that with my father. That'd be super weird. And I was, <laughs> I kept thinking of the scene, and and I don't know if you remember this, but it's an Arrested Development where maybe and Michael are singing Afternoon Delight. <laughs> you remember that no (laughs) so they're singing afternoon delight and like halfway through he's like oh no this song is about sex (laughs) and they're like at a company party uh, like they're just singing together not like holding each other intimately and so the song finishes and and he's like okay we we have to leave we have to get out of here and um and she starts following him and he goes no 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 go the other way it'll look bad (laughs) like (laughs) he's scene but instead of you know like him being embarrassed over the fact that he's you know dancing with his daughter in a super inappropriate way it was like it was so intimate and she was like so weirdly comfortable in his embrace yeah and it like again like like and then there was people because he says he says my daughter by the way he says he says mia filia that means yeah. my daughter mm-hmm. in italian and um 
and there's someone in the crowd that goes, Daddy, let me get a chance after you're done. And so yeah. like, the crowd knew that they were related and they're dancing and, and like two like they look like two people are gonna go home and have sex with each other. Like it's you know, like it was so <laughs> the interesting thing <laughs> it was weird, but the interesting thing about the mo- the movie is and it's I think a very hard feeling to convey but this movie did it really well and is that we're plopped in with them just casually saying their father and daughter but we don't see a father and daughter relationship so it's we're like them were they both Penelope and Harry like almost are like attracted to each other yes but they know they shouldn't be because somewhere down the line they have this familial relationship but they have you know it's like it's like i could walk up to an older man on the street and he means nothing to me but somebody could say this is your real father and he's still he's not a father you know right right so it's really interesting it's just this really and it should be creepy but i it's not it doesn't it didn't make me uncomfortable because we were brought into it the way they were we were brought into it just super uncomfortable i thought it was weird i mean i definitely thought it was weird but i didn't feel like did you ever see the ballad of jack and rose um no daniel day lewis and i think camilla bell i think is that her name yeah that's her name that movie made me so uncomfortable because it's about a father daughter who a father and daughter who are attracted to each other like that movie made me feel weird after like for at least a day after it was done and i was just like i never want to watch this movie again i wish i hadn't watched it i wish i had never seen it like it made me so uncomfortable and interestingly but it's because the movie establishes them as father and daughter in a very strong way so everything that happens as the movie progressive progresses you have this like horror at watching a father and daughter they don't ever have sex they kiss i believe but um right you have this horror at watching this father and daughter who are like weirdly attracted to each other but they're also a very loving father and daughter apart from that and it's so weird and so uncomfortable and there's so much that happens in the movie but in a bigger splash i'm just like i'm i'm still on the skeptical side for most of the movie like is it really his daughter because i don't I don't see that. And so it didn't make me feel weird to watch it. I thought it was weird, but it didn't make me feel weird. And I think that that's a really hard thing to do in a movie where you're doing this between a father and daughter. And it just interestingly explored the fact that Harry, and they say in the movie, like Harry would sleep with anyone, you know? Yes, they did. They're like men, women, boys, girls. And so... I think they that, were saying that he, he would have slept with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that that his personality and the fact that he didn't know her as a daughter right. for her whole life, make it okay in the movie world for me not to be, I don't think it's okay. And I think no, it's no, weird. Yeah, I but, think you're totally, I totally, okay. yeah, no, and, don't worry. You're not. Like, and then like a scene or two after that, Penelope is laying in the sun talking to Marianne and Penelope's like, I think I'm going to have him do the paternity test because there's personal reasons why I want to know if he's my dad or not. And I thought, did they already have sex or is she, does she also want to sleep with him the way she wants to sleep with Paul? 
That's what, what I thought. Think? Okay. That's what, so I, okay. So it did make me uncomfortable, but I also totally agree with you that I think it's very possible that these two people are attracted to each other, despite the fact that they share genetic, you know, DNA. Um, and, and Ray Fiennes is certainly like not an unattractive man, you know? Um, I think Dakota Johnson's really cute. And I, I, when, when she said like, I want him to take the paternity, paternity test for personal reasons, I thought it was because she was like, for personal reasons, because I want to have sex with him if he's not my father. I was hoping, I was hoping that that was the case and not the other one where it was like, we've already slept together. So I hope he's not my dad. Cause that would be weird. I, I don't, I didn't get the impression that they've already slept together, but there was definitely like an intimacy between them that was not like father and daughter, you know? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like she kisses him straight on the mouth when she wakes up in the morning. Yeah. Which was a Mr. little Brooks, weird. Like you said. <laughs> what? what you yeah, like very Mr. Brooks vibe. And like, and it was funny because I said that out loud. I was like, okay, we got a Mr. Brooks vibe going on here. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, um, and I mean, he full on like was like completely naked around her too yeah so, you know he like and well she was our- pretty much naked around him with her mesh shirts and like mesh bra yeah. thing mesh- i mean yeah. and i don't i don't know if that's like a cultural thing i'm kind of assuming it's not because that does seem kind of strange to but i don't know i don't know because i don't you know like would my dad ever get naked around me no <laughs> this is not something like i think he does weird stuff like um he takes off all his clothes in front of her and, and is swimming around naked. And you said like, well, she's wearing a lot of, you know, kind of risque clothing too. So I I don't know. It's, it seems to me like that's an inappropriate thing to do, but it's maybe it's a cultural thing. So I don't know, you know? Yeah. He does kind of seem like somebody who has no boundaries like this is me take me or leave me and everyone's just you know used to how he is like he's the guy who comes in if you have a pool he takes off his clothes and jumps in the pool and that's just your your bonkers friend and and i think everyone's just okay with that and the fact that he met penelope when she was pretty much an adult she's not an adult she's only 17 but she's not like a kid right i think he just you know and the aforementioned possible attraction between them it makes him like not have any shame in front of her either and and i think that works for his character and in the movie because like i said i really liked his character like he's wild he's bananas you know he's definitely like a very i think he would be a very fun person to like go uh, like on a weekend excursion with with like a bunch of other people and like where you're you're all, like not a lot of people but like where you're all staying in the same place and you're kind of just hanging out or whatever because he'd keep the party going you yes. know mm-hmm. did you ever did you ever see that episode of friends where they have the friend that they call gandalf because <laughs> he's a wizard of partying oh is he the one where he's like an alcoholic and nobody wants to help him get treatment because he's no, too fun no, when that he's was, drunk um, that was Monica's boyfriend. I oh, fun remember. Bobby, right? Yeah, fun Bobby. Okay. I think, yeah. No, that it was. A, I think I'm pretty sure it was friends. And now I'm wondering if it was maybe how I met your mother. But I'm like, I'm like 80 percent sure it was friends. But um, I don't think I don't remember friends like talking about Gandalf. But I swear it was. It's possible because I probably didn't know who Gandalf was when I was watching Friends either. Yeah. 
I don't but see that seems more like a how I met your mother thing but I don't remember that from how I met your mother either and I've seen all those episodes too so <laughs> okay know. so it's a sitcom with people <laughs> in it <laughs> and at one point anyway so at one point they're going to party with their friend and they call him Gandalf because he's the wizard of partying and then he like ends up um bailing on them or something like that but they're like they're like oh man last time i ended up on a ship to like like sweden or something like that so i brought extra socks with me this time and and it just that's what harry reminds me of is he's one of those guys where you're like i brought extra underwear extra socks and i brought a change of clothes because i have no idea what's going to happen with this guy around you know yeah but the interesting thing and something else i liked about it is that i think that when harry was 25 he was probably super appealing but now that he's 55 like everyone around him isn't they don't they're not interested in that lifestyle anymore but he's still yeah. stuck in it and i really liked that as well like he it's like an interesting glimpse into the wizard of how the wizard of parties gets old and they get yeah. old and they stay the same age that they were because they probably take all kinds of like drugs which stunts their brain growth but also like people around them are like getting older and settling a little bit, but not in a bad way, like settling in a, in a comfortable, peaceful, happy way. Right. Like Marion and Paul are very happy with each other and they're settling in together. And he still wants like the rock star party lifestyle. So that's still how he lives. And he comes, he ruins their vacation, comes to stay at their villa and invites his own friends to come. And yeah. That I thought their was peace. really shitty. Like, <laughs> so I, I think yeah it's just it's interesting because that's the type of personality that's like really fun when you're in your 20s but as you get older it's you sort of don't want to hang out with them anymore you know yeah yeah and I well I think that that's what they were feeling is that they were like we just want to drink wine lay by the pool read go to the beach and that's it you know like we're not and, and he comes in and he's changing the music that they're listening to, you know, like he, they're listening to this like low key chill music. And he's like, no, what are we listening to? The shit is garbage. Let's change it. And it's like, and if, if I, I don't, I don't think I would probably get along with Harry just because I'm such a naturally like laid back. Well, I wouldn't say I'm laid back, but like, I like a chill environment. You know what I mean? And so someone who's like playing loud music and who's dancing around, I'd be like, okay, you need to calm down because this is not my vibe. You know what I mean? Like you need to leave. And the fact that he invites friends over, which ends up working out anyway, you know, having the friends there. But um, so I had a, I had another question for you because I thought that this was a weird conversation that him and uh, Penelope had is that he goes, hey, do you, he says something about like, are you done with your vacation or something? Or do you feel like you want to go home or whatever? And she says, yeah, I've done all the things that I want to do. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Did you think that that was weird? Yeah, I w well, in, in the moment when I was watching the movie, I thought she was like, she got, when they got there and she saw Paul, she immediately wanted to bed him and she succeeded. She overcame him. She bedded him. And then what's the point of staying? Like, you know, but then also now that we're talking about it, 
did her and Harry have sex? I don't know, you know? I know. And like, because well, it was really awkward between them. And I wasn't sure if it was awkward in that conversation because Harry knew she slept with Paul or because of something that happened between her and Harry that I'm now thinking about that I didn't think about when I was watching the movie. But I know Harry was very uncomfortable with the fact that they, that her and Paul had obviously slept together. Right. Um, and Harry was also disappointed because, which I think we should talk about him and Marianne as well, but he was also disappointed because Marianne had, you know, turned him down ish. I mean, mid sex, she turned him down, but <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. So, like, their balloons were sort of deflated a little bit, but I, yeah, like the awkwardness between them when she said, Yeah, you told me to tell you when I was done and I'm done. I'll, for, I'll remember this vacation forever. And I wasn't sure what exactly was behind those words besides the fact that they both knew that she had slept with Paul. But other than that, there, there could have been more to it. Right. Yeah. I, I still don't think her and Harry slept together, but I think that there was, I mean, her desire to have the paternity, paternity test, I think was really indicative of there being like an interest beyond father daughter relationship. But yeah, let's talk about Harry and Marianne. So they dated for a while. And I think that Harry's primary reason to come back was probably to try and get Marianne back is my, was my biggest impression. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought that, so he was some sort of record producer mm -hmm. and they had had a very, it seems like they had a very intense romance when they were together. Like they really loved each other, but as a party guy would be he cheated on her multiple times and i think he like his mind is so cuckoo that he still probably loved her over all the other women he just couldn't stop cheating on her yeah so i don't think he ever stopped loving her he just makes really horrible decisions and i'm not i mean i think that's really shitty behavior i'm not trying to say like but he's a good guy but i just think like his love for her stayed the same as it was when they were together. And I, and I thought that that was an interest. like, that's something I just really like about the movie is just the layers of emotions and yeah. relationships and weirdly. So I agree. I think anytime, like the implication to me is in the movie and in the world that happens when the movie is not going on, anytime he interacts with Marianne, it's, a means to an end and the end is her coming back to him yeah and but she's so happy with paul that she has no interest in coming back to him except for the fact that she did love him at one time so if he's there long enough he stirs those feelings a little bit right and um because he's such a um what's the word a gregarious gregarious is that the right yeah. word yeah he's such like a gregarious personality that he he reminds he's just like he's like magnetic mm -hmm. but big magnetic time. in a toxic way oh big you know time. yeah but he's magnetic for her because it's not like two exes who meet and are civil to each other it's like two exes and one of them is just like super warm and loving and intimate and you know you sort of like fall back into like sort of a routine with them almost and i think that that's interesting so to answer your question, I assume that his main purpose in going there was, yes, to just try to be with her. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that's interesting because 
I believe like the relationship between the two of them and why she would still be so nice to him is believable. Yeah. And why she would ask him and his daughter to stay because he was so obvious. Like him and his daughter came to this little village in Italy, like two nights before this big festival. And so Paul's like, you guys aren't going to find a hotel. And he's like, oh no. And then he like takes oh, them darn, to dinner. And then will we do? <laughs> finally, Marianne asked him to like, ask them to stay. And he's like, that took forever. Like his whole goal was to stay with them. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a manipulator too. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because Harry seems to be mentally still kind of in the same place that he was before where, you know, like with her, where she was touring and, and being a rock star and everything. And, and he was even like kind of pressuring her like, Oh, well Adele had to take a rest and she was back up and singing. And it's like, but just because Adele did does not mean that what Adele experienced is the same thing that Marianne is experiencing. So you have to remember, like, they're two different people. They have two different bodies. You know, their bodies are going to react different ways. So, um, and, and I think he's so, he's still so caught up in the glamour of that lifestyle that it sounds to me like she kind of was like, like after, I, I got the impression that as far as like the traje- the trajectory of how her career would go, I could see her being like, okay, so she was a rock star, but then she had to take some time off. And then I could see her kind of like coming out with like just more like chiller music or something, you know, something that's not, um, you know, just like reinventing herself as an artist. And I think that he's still so in in his mind he's still so like well you were a rock star and you still are but she's like but you know I'm kind of not you know I'm kind of a little tired I want to just relax I want to spend time with my man you know and um so him being in love with her it's it's just a a reminder of a happier time that he no longer has you know and because he just seems like he's very he seems like he's a lonely person. Like he's flitting from place to place. He's, you know, he's spending time with people, but he's not really getting any real solid, like, like fulfillment from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's a perfect way to describe him. That's a perfect way to describe the wizard of parties, you know, and (laughs) you bring up a really good point because he reminds me of, you know, the uncle in Napoleon dynamite who like, can't stop thinking about the (laughs) yeah the one thing in high school that he did like the touchdown or whatever that he made yeah and he keeps trying to like get back into football he reminds me of that because he tells that story about like the rolling stones i think it's the rolling stones song where he's like and they didn't want drums so you know what i found instead of drums did anybody want to guess i think that's what he's talking about he's talking about a song and i thought yeah i can't remember if it's the i can't remember if it's the rolling stones or not but i know i know exactly i know what you're talking about and um and they show marianne and she's like mouthing along with his story so he's told this story this brush with like his good idea to put trash cans instead of drums on this one famous music track in the vinyl it just dropped my mic it was um it was marianne's album oh it was yeah they showed a flashback of her singing it and remember they were like uh, they were talking to the drummer and they were like no no no, stop doing that stop drumming like you're you're ruining the vibe of the song and then he decided to add trash cans to it 
Oh, I totally misunderstand the scene. Okay, yeah. but that fits. Yeah, there was a flashback with that scene. I remember that flashback. Now, I did not pick up on that scenario. But that did not look like Marianne. Like, I had a hard time. I was like, is that her? Well, I knew it was Marianne, but I just didn't pick up that she had told the guy to stop drumming. I thought the scene she said, I, I misunderstood what she said in that scene, but it still tracks because in the movie, she's super famous, probably as famous as the Rolling Stones. And... So he has this like moment of glory and fame that this one track on this one famous album, he dictated that there would be trash cans instead of drums. And so he like lives on that. Like he tells, you can tell based on that scene that he's told that story over and over to any stranger to like impress these strangers, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, it, it makes sense. It, it, it's really fitting. And I know that I talked about this scene, but I love it when he starts dancing around the house. I love it. I could watch that scene over and over again. (laughs) And it's so weird, but I still really like it. (laughs) Not Um, good dancing. It's not like the cool dancing in Ex Machina when Oscar Isaac dances with the robot. It's it's not cool like that. It's ridiculous, but I still really like it. It's chaotic and ridiculous and kind of stupid, but it's fun. I I agree. It's a fun (laughs) scene. It's a fun scene. It's like um it's like any scene with like Chuck and Cindy in Elizabeth Town, you know. You're like, it's just kind of fun and chaotic. Death and life, and, and life and death, right next door right to each next other. Next door to each other. <laughs> There's like a, spa- you, a space here between them. <laughs> I love you, Claire. <laughs> um, oh, I love that movie. Anyway, <laughs> that's, we're getting distracted. So. Um, do you want to talk about the death scene or you want to keep going? There's one thing. I want to talk about Marianne a little bit. Okay. Um, I thought, I know I made a big hullabaloo about the faces that Tilda Swinton was making in the love scenes. Um, but I thought her performance for being mostly nonverbal was pretty well done. I oh, really yeah, liked it. I thought she did amazing. Um, and I really liked how... See, this is an interesting, the The director of this movie made a really good call in having flashbacks because you could, you got to hear her talking in these yeah. flashbacks, but in the modern day, she, she was like talking like this a little bit, you know, and she couldn't really talk. And it was like, it was almost like painful to watch her try to talk. It was, it was straight up painful. Cause every time she did, I was like, don't do that. No, darling, don't, don't speak you're gonna ruin your voice like and, and like every time I just feel like oh she looks like she's in so much pain because she'd like touch her throat you know like and like she was obviously like in pain when she was talking and I mean there was times where she was whispering with Paul but then she would get like angry or upset about something so she'd start like kind of speaking a little bit louder which was barely louder I mean it was barely above a whisper but it was still so raspy and like yeah it sounded terrible I was like oh I mean yeah and yeah. I thought that she, her performance was pretty stellar for yeah. not really talking. Um, I also really, so her and Harry, after they get the ricotta cheese, um, <laughs> she apologizes to him. Presumably she whispers it in his ear, but then he answers her like, you don't have to apologize. So it seems like she apologizes to him for accusing him of like wanting to sleep with Penelope, his daughter and, and then they have this like sexual tension between them, which is 
Wait, which by the way, he says earlier, like as they were talking in the um in the grocery store that like it seems like the way he's acting is inappropriate around her. And then they leave and there's like people walking by them and he goes, I have not fucked my daughter. <laughs> yeah. He goes, and she's like, would you just be quiet? There's people around here. And he's like, he's like, oh, whatever. I made their vacation. And I know. I love that line. Think up for a bit because I was like, I I like one hundred percent. If I was one of those people walking by and I heard some guy yell that I didn't fuck my daughter, I would tell literally everyone that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I thought that was a really good response. Like I made their vacation. (laughs) I was like, I was like, he totally did. Because if that happened to me again, I'd be like, you would not believe what I heard when I was in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, and so I, and then they go back to the villa and Paul and Penelope are off, presumably having sex at the lake. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, a very, what I would call the most uncomfortable I've been in the movie, a very uncomfortable sex scene between Marianne and Harry. And I was disappointed that it went as far as actually having sex mm-hmm. because I, I wanted somebody in the Paul and Marianne relationship to like not cheat um right and I kind of was hoping it would be Paul just because he doesn't know Penelope and he acted totally uninterested in her for most of the movie yeah I and it was it's kind of weird that they maybe got together like because he just seemed like he was so like no you know yeah he seemed level-headed right and um and it, it's more believable but not okay but more believable that Marianne would succumb to harry's advances just because of like they still have chemistry and they do nothing to mask that chemistry like they don't try they hold hands they're very physical and they like embrace and she was like cutting his hair so they don't have many boundaries and so it made more sense that she would fall prey to that and and they kissed and i thought that the kiss would stop but then they were like having sex and i think she said she didn't want to do it. And he said, well, it's already happening. And I thought that that was really weird. I think that's what he said. It was hard to understand. Something like it's, it's in, it's already in, you don't want like, yeah, I, I think it was, it, it was strange, but I think it was just like, this was something that he wanted so badly. And then she was like, no. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to respect your wishes, but like, we're doing this. We can't keep doing it. You know, like, yeah, backed off and everything. So it wasn't, like ever non-consensual but um, oh no of course it was it was very consensual but it's just I just it was it was very sad because I I think like as soon it almost like her performance was really good because you could tell that as soon as it started she regretted it immediately and then she kind of like broke his heart a little bit, you know, finally, yeah. maybe, maybe if he had survived, perhaps he wouldn't have bothered her after that. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, well, yeah. So, then, there's, so there, Oh, okay. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just, so there was that awkward sex scene and that was when like the movie started turning for me because it, it just, it was kind of awkward to watch because of, because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that they were like bad people. I just thought that it was a very sad occurrence. Like I wish that they hadn't gone that far, Yeah. but I understand why they did because they didn't have like, they didn't have many boundaries, but 
earlier in the movie, she was telling him, she was like, I'm happy, Harry. Why are you so, why do you not want me to be happy? And so I really hoped that that uh, steadfastness would have kept her and him from actually having sex, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and, and so later that night, there was that um, dinner that they were having with the fresh ricotta. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, who was, uh, the fresh ricotta was honestly the shining character of the film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they're like sitting there so uncomfortable and then there's like Paul and and Penelope who are like chatting away or Paul's chatting away and so it's this just very strange dynamic of these four people who have all these complicated relationships with each other and um and it almost seemed like Paul was like a little bit oblivious I I don't know if he was oblivious to it but it seemed kind of like he was did you get that impression once again, totally opposite. I thought that they all knew what had just happened between oh, everybody. Oh, did? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought well, he yeah, was... I guess I could see that. I guess I could see that, too. I thought he was talking fast mainly because he had just had sex with Penelope, but I think that the tension between all of them was very apparent to all of them. But that's just my take on it. I think I... I mean... No, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I guess I... I, I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I um it was it was just a very tense scene, you know, mm-hmm. and and you're like when you know, like what's going on with these people? And you really don't ever know if Penelope and Paul had sex. Like you kind of just I could see okay, I have to go back to that because so they're they're at this lake and it's like a weird like it almost looks like it's like a lake formed from maybe like a volcano or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a very, it was very tiny lake. It was almost like a pond, but it was beautiful. And um she's lying on this like pumice stone or whatever it looked like this black stone and I or, or what's her name? Penelope was. So when you first see her and she's totally naked, I couldn't tell if she was naked or not because of like I couldn't see her like I like because of my eyes I mean oh (laughs) because of my eye like it's so I and I eventually was like oh shit she's naked okay because then I realized that she was but I don't like wear my glasses when I watch movies because it's it's still too the mystery is more fun (laughs) no no, it's it's still like so I use them for distances, but it's still too close where it makes me kind of queasy. So oh, it's like okay. that's why I don't wear them inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. um <laughs> you need like a magnifying glass for scenes like that. <laughs> well the the thing is like it's it's my my eyesight's not bad enough to wear like it's it's really not that bad, but I mostly wear the glasses like at night because it, at night it's like too difficult, you know. But um so when she when he like she like indicated to him to come on over and you kind of just like don't like you don't see what happens really next with him and then she has her arm over her her um head I kind of thought that maybe he was performing like oral sex on her that's that was where like I I started going like well maybe they did have sex because I thought that the way that she like 
held her arm up was because she was like, okay, I'm feeling this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I know what you mean, but I, I also thought like her response in that moment made me think that he didn't come over to her because she seemed kind of bored, but so it's interesting. Know. Yeah, I think- no, I can see I can see it both ways. I can see it your way and I can see it not, but I definitely think they had sex sometime, if not in that scene, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it leaves it very ambiguous, but I think that's kind of what you're supposed to glean from the scene is that it, they had sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, you ready to talk about the ending of some movie? Yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Making a weird face. Anyway, um, so... So Paul or Harry leaves because why does he leave? He leaves because he's upset about the whole Marianne thing. Not Paul. Sorry. Harry. Yeah. Did I say Harry? I thought and whatever. Harry leaves. Yeah. Right. Because he's upset about the whole Marianne thing. Right. And he's, mm-hmm. he comes back clearly totally drunk and decides to go for a midnight swim. Um, and, and then I can like, for some reason I'm blanking at how they start getting into a fight. Well, Paul, we we learned throughout the movie that Paul is a recover was an alcoholic and he had a suicide attempt a year before that and he went to rehab and stopped drinking. Yeah. And so but Paul has was is sitting outside when Harry comes home and Paul has been drinking again oh, presumably he was. because he feels so guilty. About I didn't sleeping. see that he was drinking. I thought there was a bottle. Yeah, because he there's a bottle and he walks up to Harry, Harry's got is out of the pool now and he walks up to him and Harry Harry gestured to it and said something like, Oh, you didn't want or you wanted to I don't remember what he says, but he he references the bottle. And oh, shit. I can't believe I didn't even notice that. Yeah. There was oh, there's something I wanted to talk to you about too. I'm jumping back. So the scene, the flashback scene in the studio that you talked about when Marianne and Paul meet for the first time, did you think that was really weird? Cause like Harry was talking to Paul in this flashback and he's like, yeah, no, me and Marianne are done, but you should meet her. And I just thought it was like, let me introduce you to this rock star. But then immediately like he, the, Harry was like putting, like giving her to Paul almost. And I thought that was really weird. It it was kind of weird. I, I got more the impression that he was like, if you're interested, you should pursue her. I didn't think it's so much as like giving her away more like, oh, you like her? Yeah, go for it. Um, but I could see what you mean by that. It was it was like almost like he's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Here you go. Have well, fun. and then through like a couple times in the movie, he talked about like, I gave her to you. You know, we were friends before oh, this. Yeah. 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 Then, and so I was like, but how can you give someone to someone but the, because right. they obviously hit it off, but did he just see that maybe they would be good for each other? I don't know. I thought that was kind of shaky uh, basis for their relationship, but it did fit with how he was jealous because he introduced them and now they're having this like thriving and steady relationship and, and he has to just sit on the sidelines and watch and he lost a woman he loved and a very close friend because of his like jealousy almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so Paul comes up to him at the pool and Harry is like, did you sleep with Penelope? And this is another reason why I thought 
Paul slept with Penelope because he never answered. He said instead, oh. did you sleep with Marianne? And I thought if he didn't sleep with her, he'd just say no. Right. That's yeah. No, that makes, that, that makes sense. Especially since it's like her dad is now asking him like, Hey, did you sleep with my daughter? And he's like, no. <laughs> so instead he just turned it and said, did you sleep with Marianne? You know? Right. So I, that's another reason why I think he probably slept with Penelope. I think it's a good observation. Yeah. He probably did. He probably did. Um, which that whole thing just seemed like it happened. Like, like he wasn't interested in her and then they slept together, you know, like in- I would have liked to seen him eyeing her a little bit more. I would have liked to see some like, cause for him to just like all of a sudden cheat, seemed really uncharacteristic because i feel as if the movie painted him as the level-headed steady character right and the rest of them were sort of like flown about by winds of fancy even marianne a little bit you know right i think what were you you he just seemed so solid so it seemed really weird that he would succumb to the wiles of uh, this young girl yeah i think so too and I think would have what could have actually made more sense if maybe they had the type of relationship where um, they were okay with their significant other sleeping with someone else, you know, because I could actually see that I could see them being, you know, the type of couple that are um, like maybe polyamorous or something. But I think that the issue with I think that would what makes it so much more intense is that um harry's not just another guy you know what i mean he's he's someone who was a significant part of marianne's life and so having her sleep with him is is less of like like there's a lot of emotion involved so it's less like a physical thing and it's more like you're like are you having an emotional affair or something you know what i mean so I could see that working with just how things went with Penelope, but I agree that it it did. It seemed like it was kind of just out of nowhere and there was no real like interest on his end until she was suddenly like naked. And then he's like, well, might as well do it, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I, I agree with you if the movie had been totally different to the fact where they had established them as a polyamorous couple. Right then yeah it would have been oh this is just something that happens but i feel like the movie was very clearly like they were in a committed relationship because she was fighting off harry's advances the whole time like they were very intimate in the fact that they would embrace and hold hands but she was very clearly in a relationship with paul and he was in a relationship with her yeah so that makes it seem less okay that they both slept with other people and i under like i said i understand why she slept with harry to some extent but i don't think that that is that doesn't make it okay right right and i think i would have liked to see a little bit more from paul throughout the movie to make me like believe that he would sleep with penelope yeah i agree so that's that's a, it's it's just slightly upsetting because it kind of plays into this i think it's a very it's sort of shallow i think because it's like well she's a naked girl so i'll just do it you know like that seems 
seems yeah well and it also makes him seem like he doesn't have any self-control yeah when when throughout the whole movie he seems like he does because he's not drinking you know and yeah very yeah no i i i i felt that that could have been better like a better excuse i guess you know what i mean yeah 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 so yeah so they get in this fight him and paul and harry do and then in a very stupid move so harry falls into the pool and paul's like i'm paul pushes him into the pool and then paul's like i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's like saying sorry like the fight should be done right and as if someone who's never had an older sibling Paul reaches down to help Harry get out of the pool and Harry pulls him in and he deserved that. <laughs> like that's there's no yeah, excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but then then it takes a wicked turn where Paul kills Harry. He holds him under the water too long. Yeah. And did you think he half-heartedly he tried to resuscitate too. him? What? He was like in a headlock too. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? I thought he like as soon it was it was immediate regret like as soon as he realized Harry wasn't moving he tried to resuscitate him but he tried in such a half-hearted way like he didn't try to pull him up so he could give him CPR he just like gave him mouth to mouth a little bit and then gave up and I thought and he was panicking and I thought that was weird like didn't didn't you think he maybe should have tried to pull him up well, like, yeah, I think he should have tried to pull him out of the water and then did that because it was quick enough after where I feel like there was a real chance that he could have been saved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if he did it maybe because he was worried about what Harry might do to him after he comes back to life. But um, to me, it seemed like I, I totally agree with you. It's like, especially for like you just bro you just straight up committed murder how do you live with yourself after that where you deliberately killed somebody yeah no i i thought that he had not resuscitated him long enough that he was like it was a really half-hearted attempt and again i don't know if he was worried about the repercussions but also the repercussions of murdering someone are gonna be way worse than someone being angry at you yeah yeah and you'll be actually if you do end up resuscitating him he probably won't remember that you held him under purposefully i mean maybe he'll assume but i bet he'll be blacked out from some of that yeah that's true that's true and you could just be like dude you drown man what's going on? are you okay buddy <laughs> maybe you- not that far no, but <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but i fell into a pool when i was i don't know five or six and yeah. i remember standing on the side of the pool and then i remember my mom i remember laying on the side of the pool like i had been pulled out oh wow so i don't so remember like- i don't remember falling in i don't remember getting pulled out i just remember before and after so oh wow yeah so you make a good point maybe he would have blacked out and yeah like, yeah so yeah. but um i also don't think i died i just like was underwater and i blacked out or something you know but like harry straight up like he died like his heart stopped pounding yeah (laughs) but um but yeah so and then that's when the movie like like i said at the beginning that the movie kind of soured for me and i i know this sounds really weird and i don't i can't explain it but i wish that they had just cheated and not murdered because how do you like you can kind of come back from a cheating 
scenario i don't know that's not a movie that the movie would be over we wouldn't see them but we could see that maybe they kind of forgave each other but murder how do you how do you live a life after that yeah i um i agree with you actually because like it and i had told you that i was like i had predicted that it was going to happen like from the beginning um so i wasn't surprised by it but i also thought that like but I didn't want it to happen. You know right. what I mean? I wanted mm-hmm. a different story. I wanted Harry and Penelope to leave, but I, I felt like there was going to be like another twist to it, you know, which that ended up being the twist. And I thought it was going to be something with Penelope and there was kind of a twist with her, but it wasn't really, it wasn't significant enough in my opinion, you know? Um, and so it just, it seemed like, these two guys are fighting and they're fighting in a pool but like it, it's i don't know i i don't think i really like that aspect of it i don't think i like the murder aspect of it yeah and i and marianne was suspicious of paul right away because she saw like cuts on him yeah and because he left the body in the pool and the and there was like this very like not even a b story it was like a d year f story of this like <laughs> boat of refugees oh yeah 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 had come ashore and the refugees were sort of ro- wandering the countryside and so she told the in like the police detective like it w- could have been the refugees because there's a path that leads from the beach to the pool you know or she implied she didn't actually say the refugees but he said to her oh do you think it could have been the refugees you know right so Paul Marianne stood up for Paul and then well in that well Paul actually came clean to her I guess and said you know I'm sorry it was an accident I tried to save him and she forgave him and I thought that there's I do think that there was an interesting ending in that regard because I think one of the reasons she stayed with Paul after he murdered Harry was because that's the only way that her and Paul could be totally happy as if Harry literally isn't in the picture anymore or something. Like, I think that they were, not that they weren't totally, I think they were happy, but I think, I think she would always be drawn into his magnetism when he was around, even though she loved Paul. And I think that she was almost relieved. Like she was really upset when he died. Like she was like screaming, hardly screaming because of her voice, you know, but I think that there was like this relief almost it, like now we can just be. And I thought that that was a very, a very interesting emotion that I wasn't expecting to see in the movie. Yeah. Well, and especially since it seems like Harry isn't the type to be like, oh, hey, I want to let you know in two weeks I'm coming to town. Do you have time to see me? He's the type that's like, yeah, I'm in the plane right now. Nope, not going to let you actually talk, but you're going to meet me at the airport. Okay, got to go by. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me just like, let me just set everything down to like cater to you, Harry. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's not how this works. I, I do agree with you that he, that or not he, but Marianne did seem like she was kind of relieved about it because it seems like maybe if Harry was still determined that he would maybe just kind of, um, you know, like dog them for the rest of their lives, you know, as long as they were together. Yeah, and she might not have the courage to like, I don't think she would ever sleep with him again, but she might not have the courage to 
not allow him to be around them yeah you know yeah. like she should like they like i said they should they she wouldn't have the courage to set up the boundary that's probably necessary to lose interest in someone yeah i yeah big time yeah it's a uh, it's definitely a complicated situation and did you like that the uh the like police like sheriff or whatever ended up being a fan of hers he was yeah. the same guy at the table I thought that was pretty interesting that he pulled them over. Like they dropped Penelope off at the airplane and then they were driving home to the villa and the cop pulled them over and they were super nervous and he was just like a super fan and he wanted their her autograph. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of a fun misdirection. And then she gets back into the car and her and Paul just kind of laugh. Yeah. And I like her her reaction when he asks for the autograph is really good because she's like super freaked out. Like she's like, our goose is cooked. We're he's gonna Paul's gonna get caught oh. for this. Oh yeah, yeah. But then time. she sort of starts laugh crying because she's so relieved that all he wants is an autograph, you know? Yeah. hmm Yeah. Um so Penelope dropping her off at the airport and and Marion got all mad at her and stuff like that, and she was like She's like, you were watching all of us struggle and trying to communicate and you spoke Italian the entire time and you lied about your age. And I definitely thought that there was going to be something more, something more of a twist with Penelope. And I was a little, I think a little disappointed that there wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I, I think that it was, I don't know if it was supposed to be heavier that she was crying like, oh, this woman who seemed to be in control the whole time is actually just a girl and she's crying because her dad died and she was just witness to him, his dead body in a pool, you know, but, and I don't know if that was supposed to be a big moment for her, but I, like I said, I didn't really care for her character and that wasn't enough of a redemption to have her crying yeah, I like that she was crying. Um, I think it made her seem a lot more human, you know? Because you have to remember, she's a 17-year-old girl, you know? She's a girl, really. It's like all the things that she's doing are just stupid shit that teenagers do. They don't think thoroughly, you know, through their actions. Because your brain's not developed at that point. So it's it's like it's easy to make mistakes as a teenager because you're just not thinking through because you don't have the mindset to really consider the consequences of your actions when you're at that age. Um, right. And so I like that she was, and, you know, she was kind of like shuffling slowly towards the, the airplane, which I was surprised that they didn't like offer her an umbrella in like the pouring rain. I was yeah. like, going to be on this plane ride, like soaking wet for hours and hours. That sounds miserable. In a leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And like she was wearing like some sort of like knit emoji, like dress or something like that. Um, which is the first thing she wore that seemed like a kid would wear. Like, yeah. The yeah. First outfit that seemed like her age you know like yeah it seemed age appropriate yeah so it it seemed like something someone would wear that age like an emoji shirt or whatever for sure for sure yeah um so i i i liked that part but it was it was very um i don't know i i guess i thought that there was going to be something more with her and there wasn't yeah yeah i agree so would you recommend the movie? I would. I would recommend it big time. I think 
I think it's worth watching. I think that the as I've said many times, the performance of Ray Ray Fiennes is tremendous. I really liked his performance, and I liked the movie. I thought visually it was stunning. Um, the cinematography is really great. The layers of emotions, the levels of emotions and relationships between the people are really good, and it it's I don't know. I I think that it should have gotten a little bit more recognition than it did i never heard of it and that doesn't necessarily mean that it i mean just because i didn't ever hear of it doesn't mean that it wasn't around i just i think it should have been maybe more of a household name a little bit at least you know yeah but, yeah i get it I get so it. i would Especially i would recommend it like it's yeah like an and, unheard of cast so and the performances all of them like the four main characters i think they all did a, a super job and yeah. uh i i really i really thought that they they did a great job and i would i would recommend the movie how about you would you recommend it yeah i would i think i would i think it's um yeah I mean, it's it's an interesting film. It's um, I think it's a little bit of a tense film, but I think it's a good film. I think it's well written. The characters are, are well done. It like it kept me interested the entire film, you know, because there was again like the reason I didn't write anything down was because I was like, I was like I really am feeling like I really need to pay like a ton of attention to this film, and uh, not that I don't pay attention to the other ones, but you get what I mean. It's like, it's still like this one just didn't seem like I needed any of that. Um, I needed any, to write any notes down. So kept me interested in, and compelled the whole time. So yeah, I would, I would recommend it. Definitely. You can find us <laughs> on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Google Play, excuse me. And you may also find our website at uh uh wow, okay, all right, watchers of movies.weebly.com. We also have Facebook and Instagram at Watchers and Movies. You want to follow us on our other Instagram. It's called the Watchers Who Find Things. And um, thanks so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes. His name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. And I just want to pump up Mike's musical skills real quick. So okay. Mike uh, plays all the instruments that you hear on the music. And he's also a really stellar lyricist as well. He has albums of music that he's made and you can find him. He has a, he performs under the name TMS. You can find him on bandcamp.com. So if you're interested in hearing cool. any of his other music, I would recommend it because he's got music with lyrics and any instrument you hear on any of the tracks, he's playing it, which is pretty cool. He's super talented. Yeah, so I just wanted talented. to say, you know, like, you hear his theme music on our episodes every week, but he has a whole boatload of other music that he's made and covers that he's done and originals. So uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out because I don't think I ever mentioned that before. Maybe I did, but I thought it. I don't think you have. Think so thank you, Mike. Yes, thanks, Mike. <laughs> and um, you want to do your spiel? Jeez, oh, I always forget. <laughs> and if. And if there is a movie that you want us to review, what do you, you're laughing at me. Okay. Just if there's a, I'm like, what? <laughs> if there's a movie you would like us to review, please go to iTunes and give us five stars. That really helps us get out there. And 
put in your review the title of the movie you would like us to go over. You don't have to write a long review. You can just put the title in if you'd like. Five stars and the title, and that one will get shot to the top. It will take priority. If you don't want to go to iTunes, uh, if you don't have access to iTunes, you can always send us a message in one of the other ways with the movie that you would like us to review, and we will do it. It just won't take priority. So, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm showing her my sleeping yeah. little kitty. <laughs> as, soon, as I was talking, she was turning her camera so I could see the cat. <laughs> He's gently snoozing away. Um, earlier, he was sleeping with his eyes open, and so I started getting freaked out. So I was like, wake up! Are you okay? <laughs> like, he looked like he was dead. It was freaking me out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm glad he's not. I'm glad he's alive. <laughs> no, no, he's alive, little boy. He was uh, playing with like a little toy earlier, and he's so cute when he plays around. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's it, I think, for this week. So have a good week. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>